It's Wednesday, and that means players of the week, including domination from an entire minor league rotation and quite a few Dodgers prospects. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, editor-in-chief of Bravestoday.com and freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today, as we are doing on Wednesdays, we are talking about the prospect team of the week in the minor leagues last week, covering the 18th through the 23rd of April. and. We're going to do like we typically do, and we're going to start off with pitching. So we have a left-handed starter and a right-handed starter on this team. The left-handed starter, it was surprisingly tough. There was a lot of good performances that I wanted to talk about, but left-hand pitcher Bryson Motts from the St. Louis Cardinals uh, was was pitching down in Palm Beach, and Something where 2022 second rounder out of San Diego and kind of went back and forth between starting and relieving. Finally got a chance to be a starter. Uh, They go get him in the second round. Didn't throw him last year because he had, he went all the way into the NCAA tournament where he, he pitched an upset of Vanderbilt. Like kid can step up The, the, the raw stuff hasn't necessarily been amazing, but he was amazing in the start. So he goes on Wednesday against Dunedin. Six innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, 11 strikeouts. So he is perfect through six innings. Just completely dominates Dunedin. Uh, And on the season now, he started three games, 15 total innings, uh, one eight zero ERA, 19 strikeouts, 11.4 per nine, two three walks, 1.8 per nine, no home runs allowed. When you look at the stuff, like I said a second ago, the stuff isn't necessarily like blow you away amazing. The fastball, since kind of average, it's low 90s, which again, for a lefty, isn't as big of a deal. It's a four-seamer that he throws exclusively from the stretch with uh, a lot of deception in there. It's just kind of hard to pick it up. And so because of the good extension he gets on it, uh, the perceived velocity plays up a bit, but it's still on the gun. It's still only sitting low 90s. This whole thing, he's heavy fastball slider, but the fastball is really to set up the slider. It's one of those, it's a pretty good slider. I'd call it above average right now. Sits in the low 80s, very much a kind of a sweeper. And so... Uh, for a left-handed hitter, it's running away from them. From a right-handed hitter, it's breaking in on them. He's pretty good at controlling it and where it's going to go. And so he's not afraid to start it as a ball to a righty and backdoor it for a strike or to have it dive in at their feet. Uh, they've already decided to swing, so they're swinging at something that might almost hit them in the foot. So pretty impressive with what he does with the slider. Uh, has a changeup as well. Doesn't use it a ton. It's really not that great. I've seen some 30 grades on it. So he's really heavy fastball slider. And the thing that he has to work on to be a starter long term is 
the consistency of the fastball. He's already working from the stretch every day, kind of relying on deception and location of the slider, but he's got to get command of the fastball more consistently. When he has it on, he can do outings like this where he goes six innings perfect before coming out of the game. When it's not on, it can be ugly. So that's the big kind of focus for Steven Motts. And I really, I want, there was a, if we were going to give a rotation of the week, it would have been for the Palm Beach Cardinals because Bryson Motts does what he does. Then Max Rajic goes out there, puts up six innings of his own, two hits, no runs, no walks, seven strikeouts. And then lefty Pete Hansen follows him up with six innings, one hit, no runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. And then not to be outdone, uh, righty Hansel Rincon goes out there and throws seven innings against Dunedin. Two hits, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts. And so part of me wonders, is Dunedin just bad? But at the same time, I, I, it's... St. Louis has gone out and prioritized getting lots of pitching options. You've seen the starting pitching at the major league level. They're looking for that guy, right? They're looking for that ace, that guy who can kind of carry the team. And so this is the start of trying to figure out if any of these guys can do that. And specifically for Mott's, he's going to have to work on that third pitch. He's going to have to work on consistency of the fastball if he wants to make it as a starter, because if not, He's going to end up being stuck in the bullpen. Honorable mention on this, by the way, Frank Mazzucato of the Royals started two games last week. And I thought, I mean, I thought he looked pretty good pitching for Columbia. 10 total innings, four hits, one run, five walks to 14 strikeouts. The curveball looked really good. He could land it for a strike. He could drop it off the face of the earth and make you chase it. Did really well there. Uh, that last performance was four innings, one run, one hit, six strikeouts. Uh, strikeout rate of like 45% on the season. So you feel good about Frank Mazzucato and his ability to make it happen. Just didn't necessarily love the number of walks. And I think that's why he ended up being an honorable mention on this. For the right-handed pitcher on the prospect team of the week, we're looking at righty Gavin Williams for the Cleveland Guardians. Went five innings, no hits, no run, one walk, and eight strikeouts. And the book on Gavin Williams is, I mean, what else? If he's, if you think about a, a pitching prospect for the, the Guardians, it is a, the fastball has added some velo. I mean, he can, he can run it up to 100, to right around 100 miles an hour, sits 96, 97 or so, but they've worked on getting him some breaking pitches, right? So he now has a slider, uh, sits in the mid-80s. I feel pretty good about his ability to land that for a strike. He's got a curveball that has some good shape to it. I like how deep it gets in the box on you. And then a changeup that, when it's on, has some good fade, sits in the mid-80s, but not necessarily there. Uh, so, all in all, I mean, three starts on the year, 0.63 ERA in 14 in the third innings. Six total hits, three walks, 20 strikeouts. Uh, Gavin Williams is sitting in double A, is not the number one pitching prospect in the system. Technically, that's still Daniel Espino for a lot of teams. Espino had a recurrence of some of his shoulder issues, and so uh, you potentially could see Gavin Williams take over that number one spot sooner rather than later. 
In just a second, let's get to the infield. Uh, there's a lot of interesting performances, including one of the youngest guys we've ever put on the prospect team of the week. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at So Rare. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fi- uh, fans into owners. Officially licensed digital cards with players from all 30 MLB teams that you own. You can collect, you can buy, you can sell. You can you use these to compete with opponents across the globe to win rewards. But win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. The more you win, the better you do on the leaderboards per competition, the more the, the better prizes and cards that you get. Uh, these games happen weekly. It's a three to four day cycle. It's either, I think it's Monday through Thursday or Friday through Sunday. You choose a lineup of seven players from the cards that you own. A starting pitcher, a relief pitcher, a corner infielder, a middle infielder, an outfielder, an extra hitter, any position, and a flex that can be any player but Shohei Otani. You get points, positive or negative, based on their performance, and you're on the leaderboards compared to everybody else who's entered into that competition that you chose. The higher you finish, the better the prizes. You can win rare cards, you can win merchandise, tickets to games, all kinds of fantastic options. I just finished one late last week, and I came in, I think, 13th out of 3,000 people. And so I got some pretty cool rewards from So Rare for doing so well in the competition. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's S O R A R E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets if yours does not win. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win, and it's really interesting to see the changes in the Rookie of the Year race. American League, Matsutake Yoshida leads at plus 400. Anthony Volpe, plus 650. Josh Young at plus 850. And then three pitchers. Hunter Brown, Taj Bradley, both at plus 1,000. And Grayson Rodriguez, plus 1,100. You look at the National League. Just like we all predicted, James Altman leads the race at plus 200. Corbin Carroll, plus 350. Jordan Walker at plus 700, and then you get a couple Mets. Cody Singa plus 1,000, Brett Beatty plus 1,800, with Spencer Steer of the Reds in sixth at 2,500. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up for FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Back to our prospect team of the week. Uh, The catcher for this team is going to be Matthew Wood of the Milwaukee Brewers. Played in four games last week in A-ball. 539-625-1000 was the slash line. One home run, four extra base hits, three walks to three strikeouts, and no stolen bases. A guy came out of Penn State last year. I want to say he was a fourth-round pick in 2022. And one of those jack-of-all-trades, master at none. Defense, perfectly fine. Uh, probably average. They have the Brewers are fantastic at making catchers better. 
So he can probably go from average a little bit better. The arm strength, only average. He has a good transfer. If he can bring the pop time down from two seconds to around 1.9 or so, get a little more accuracy, that may help a bit. And then offensively, doesn't have a, t I don't think he has a super high power ceiling, but really good discipline, good plate rec uh, pitch recognition, good uh, uh, swing decisions. And so he maximizes the ability of uh, his natural ability to hit the ball. Probably have him as an average hit tool, a just below average power tool. Very much is a, if, if he continues on this same track without any significant jumps in any of the tools, you're looking at a guy who could very easily be a number two catcher in the bigs, backing up a guy like William Contreras, who's catching, you know, four or five days a week. He gets one, maybe two starts a week on your bench as a veteran. But it's the Milwaukee Brewers, and we know how good they are at, like they are the catcher whisperers, how good they are at making these guys better. So there absolutely is a possibility that he gets better from there. Uh, the runner-up here, guy that I, I, I wanted to put in here and just couldn't pull the trigger, Andrew Cassetti of the Minnesota Twins. Also an A-ball, played in six games. He caught two. He was at first base for two. He was DH for two, and I think that was a deciding factor for me. Matthew Wood caught all four games he was in. But for Cassetti, in the six games, 556, 625, 1167 OPS, three home runs, five extra base hits, Five walks to three strikeouts, no stolen base attempts. None of these catchers tried to steal a base. That's not really part of their game. We've seen catchers do it. We've seen catchers hit double-digit di steals. None of these guys did. So Andrew Cassetti had a good outing in low-A Fort Myers. Still kind of have him as had him as the runner-up at catcher. First base. This was difficult because so many guys play first base and somewhere else. I think both me and Prospects 1500, and MLB Pipeline all went with the same guy, and that's Dodgers ca uh, catcher and first baseman Dalton Rushing. He played both catching and first base last week, but Dalton Rushing, 2022 second rounder out of Louisville. Got some time after the draft last year. Uh, something like 28 or 30 games in low A. 424, 539, 778. Eight home runs. 19 extra base hits, 21 walks to 21 strikeouts. And so the promotion this year was straight to high A Great Lakes. Uh, again, had a good week. 350, 533, 850, three home runs, four extra base hits, eight walks to five strikeouts. Uh, and somebody who is probably going to end up moving to first base. Uh, the, the arm strength is plus. The accuracy isn't really there. He's very raw as far as the, the, the movements behind the plate. And he was a backup for two years to Henry Davis and only caught one year in college. And so kind of a thing where he's more of an offensive guy. He can probably move quicker if they go ahead and move him to first base. Although they've got plenty of catching options ahead of him and at the major league level. So they have the time to let Dalton rushing work it out. Second baseman on the team. Jorbit Vivas of the Dodgers. Six games in double-A last year, or last week. 417, 482, 1,000. Three home runs, eight extra base hits, two walks to five strikeouts, no stolen base attempts. Uh, there are more Dodgers coming on this list. Uh, the third baseman, I want to talk about Colt Keith for a second. Colt Keith of the Detroit Tigers. Six games in double-A. 
542, 593, 875. Two home runs, three extra base hits, and I believe that that third one was a triple. Uh, two walks to seven strikeouts, no stolen base attempts. Uh, good size guy, 6'2", 220, was a 2025th rounder out of high school. And this is his first taste of double A. He got the back half of the season last year uh, in high A West Michigan, 301, 370, uh, Right now on the season, 356, 418, 576. He has the 345 slash line at age 21 in double A. His first taste of double A, six extra base hits, three of those being home runs, six of 15 walks to strikeouts. Uh, Colt Keith has a path to playing time at the big league level. Uh, None of the corner infielders for the Tigers are looking fantastic right now. Uh, He is is still a a third baseman. He's uh, sitting around 230 or so. He's put on, I mean, I I think he was drafted about 211 or so. And from what I'm reading, he's about 230. And so the arm is plus. He was a pitcher in high school and may in the future, have to move if he continues to add size and that takes away from the speed and consequently the range. He's uh, he's probably a little bit below average on speed right now, again, at age 21. Uh, but absolutely either way, could play first or third. He's there for power. I do think he has an above average contact tool. Uh, just, just as long as he's healthy, he missed a lot of time last year, as long as he's healthy, I feel good about... Uh, third base or first or first base for Colt Keith. The shortstop position on this prospect team of the week was a little bit tough. I ended up giving it to Jackson Holiday, but I, I was tempted to look at Braves prospect Braden Shoemake. So Shoemake got six games in AAA, 385, 429, 731. Slugging two home runs, five extra base hits, two walks to five strikeouts, and five of five on stolen bases. Shoemaker was competing with Von Grissom for the starting shortstop job in Atlanta. It goes to Orlando Arcia. Arcia gets hurt. Grissom gets called up. Grissom's already committed three errors in Atlanta, and the bat the the batted ball quality hasn't been as good as they wanted. And so, after a terrible start to the year, Shoemaker's turned it on and is legitimately making the case to swap him and Grissom at the major league level because he can give you that good defense. That Atlanta values so much. But we ended up going with Jackson Holiday. Again, I think he'll be one of the youngest players uh, to get this. I want to say he's 19 years old. Uh, and his his week last week, he got promoted, but started off in low A Delmarva. 455, 571, 773. Two home runs, three extra base hits, six walks to eight strikeouts, and one for one on stolen bases. It's been we saw Jackson Holiday uh, in Major League Spring Training, and he was holding his own. It's a he's a very, uh, very elite offensive talent as far as plus speed, a plus hit tool. I think the power can get to above average, if not plus. Uh, his slugging right now in Low A was six sixty seven so far this season, but it's something where it's starting to come in. As he continues to physically develop, again, he's just 19. He's only been 19 for a couple months. His birthday's in December. So he's only been 19 for four months. But absolutely, uh, all of the the hit tool-related stuff, the strike zone discipline, 
the 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 barrel control, uh, the actual swing itself, all of that is fantastic. And so for Jackson Holiday, you're like he should be a plus defender. Uh, the hit tool should be plus. The question is, where is the power ceiling? We're going to see him start to move up now. I predict this is probably not the last uh, move up a level that Jackson Holiday will make this season. You'll probably see him spend some time in AA, provided he's been healthy all year, before the season ends. In just a minute, let's get to the outfield. Uh, yes, there is another Dodger here, but there's some really interesting guys, including somebody who got a position change over the offseason. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends with Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Really fun game. Glitch you run a baseball franchise. You can control every single aspect. You're managing the team finances so that you know that you have the money not only to hire coaches and staff, do different expansions, whatever you want to focus on, whether it's training staff or scouting staff, whatever it might be, but scouting and drafting players, navigating through free agency. You have to deal with, obviously, what guys are and are not good at doing, but also scheme, also personality, handling injuries as they come up, and just dealing with the ups and downs that come along with an, with a baseball season. What's great about the game, there's a couple things that I love. One, it's challenging but realistic. So it's not something where some guy hits 200 home runs in a season like some of these games that simulate things do. Uh, it is playable offline and on the go. You don't have to have internet connection. You play as little or as much as you want. There's no tying you to real-time things. You don't have to log in every day to do a thing. You're not limited. You can only do this every eight hours unless you pay, anything like that. It's completely free and playable offline. And then you can make leagues with your friends. We have leagues between a bunch of the Lockdown MLB hosts. So we know who's good at this, who's not good at this. Jason Burke of the Oakland A's can't get his owner to spend money. It's really kind of, it's just uh, art imitating life right there. He can't get his owner to spend money on free agents. Whereas uh, Brett in, in Houston got fired a couple times from his team. And so for the most part, he's out of the league now because he's been fired multiple times. Lockdown MLB Prospects listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, visit ProBaseballGM.com. If you're on YouTube, scan the code on the screen. Or look it up in the app store. It's probaseballgm.com, the ultimate baseball GM app. Start your dynasty today. Okay, looking at the outfield for this team, we've got it narrowed down to, uh, to we brought it down to four guys, and it was kind of tough to make the final call. Uh, the first one, Joey Loperfito of the Astros, 2021 seventh rounder out of Duke. They've been using him as a utility kind of thing. He's been in both the infield and the outfield. He got promoted from high A Asheville to double A Corpus Christi in the middle of the week. So he only got a five-game week, whereas most guys would get a six-game week because he spent two days in Asheville, a day of travel, and then three days in Corpus Christi. But in those five days for Joey Loperfito, 455, 520, 1182 slugging, four home runs, Six extra base hits, two of those were triples. Uh, three walks to three strikeouts and four of four on stolen bases. Doesn't matter the level, Joey Loperfito is going to go out there and, and play well. He's that kind of guy, we've talked about guys like him before, nothing is standout, right? He doesn't have any plus tool in his repertoire. He's, uh, he, he's, he's an above average runner, his arm is 
fringe to average. His defense is kind of fringe to average. He can he could play center field. He'd be better at a corner. He's also played first. He's also played second. So useful around like a lot of different places. Uh, the power isn't plus, but if he gets something and he pulls it, he can really get it out there because he's got good bat speed. Uh, it it's he he limits the strikeouts because he's got good pitch recognition, despite not necessarily having the innate gift of you know hitters are born not made. Doesn't quite have that, but just a. I mean, he's going to be a future super utility guy. Dude's going to go play for a decade. Like that's just it's just one of those one of those profiles. The guys that don't move the needle. He's not going to win you a World Series, but he's going to be key for that three and a half week stretch when somebody gets hurt in July and August, where he can step in and give you above average production for a couple weeks while they get healthy, and then go back to playing four days a week at four different positions. Like, that's what Joey Liberfito is going to do. Had a great week last week. Excited we have a chance to talk about him. Uh, the number two guy, we don't actually have these ranked, but Colton Kowser of the Baltimore Orioles. He's in AAA. Definitely deserves recognition for what he did in Norfolk. So, on the week, six games, 391, 482, 826, three home runs, four extra base hits, three walks to six strikeouts. Definitely need to, like, I'll acknowledge up front, the stats aren't as mind-blowing for a guy in AAA as some of the others. The competition level is better. So to me, that's an equivalent slash line to somebody who did a, who, who had more egregiously ridiculous numbers, but at A or high A or maybe even double A. Uh, very impressed with what Colton Kowser did. Number five overall pick in 2021. This is kind of what we expected. He got... Just under 30 games in Norfolk last year. He started off in Aberdeen. So he did high A Aberdeen, double A Bowie, and then Norfolk. Back in Norfolk, and is you have to think he's on the short list to get time in Baltimore in the outfield this season. Best suited to a corner. But I absolutely feel like he could play center field. He'd probably be average or so. He's, got, he's an above average runner, good, uh, so decent speed. And he's kind of a smooth guy. So I feel like he could get you by in center but he's really going to shine as a corner outfielder. Uh, the third guy, the third member of the prospect team of the week, Johnny DeLuca of the Los Angeles Dodgers. 2019 25th rounder out of Oregon. Had himself a week in A Tulsa. Six games, 364, 482, 909. Four home runs. All of his extra base hits were home runs. Uh, three walks to six strikeouts and two for two on stolen bases. It's another fantastic Dodgers prospect. And another one of those guys, similar to some of the other ones we've talked about, where nothing is necessarily plus. His speed might be, depending on on exactly, I guess, when you catch him and everything. But very much a, uh, he can hit, he's probably average-wise on power. The, the hit tool doesn't grade out well, but he can handle velocity well. He's got decent plate discipline, still working on spin a bit, but decent plate discipline. He fights in an at-bat. He's one of those guys that'll foul off multiple balls until he gets one that he can hit. Does really well against righties. Can play all three positions in the outfield. Again, plus runner, above average arm strength. Not going to win you a World Series, but absolutely is somebody who's going to bat sixth or seventh on a first division team and more than hold his own, give you a lot of flexibility in the outfield. I can see him 
fitting in on this current Dodgers roster, being a guy where you've got Mookie in right, you've got somebody with a B in, in center, he can be your guy in left. And then if somebody has to move, if Mookie moves to the infield to play second or short, like he did last week, he can slide over to right. He can cover a lot of different positions, probably a fourth outfielder type, but somebody who is not going to give you below average production if he has to step into a starting role for a couple weeks. Uh, the guy that we that was left off of here, and it was hard to do this, I wanted to have him in there, is Wilfred Varis of the Chicago White Sox. So, uh, playing for the Winston-Salem Dash, got in five games, and he's he's in a position change. He's been a first baseman, third baseman, and they're playing him exclusively in the outfield this year. So, six games in Winston-Salem and high A. 407, 448, 852. Three home runs, six extra base hits, two walks to seven strikeouts, and two for two on stolen bases. He's got uh, big league bloodlines. He's the nephew of Fernando Tatis Sr. His dad, Wilton Varis, was a major league player as well. And so, kind of follows that along. Has uh, good power, probably plus power. The speed's a little bit of the issue. So he's going to be able to give you okay defense in a corner, but he, he's not going to have exceptional range, right? The, the big thing, he's here for the power. He's got to work on contact. It's something where he sometimes sells out for power. And when he does that, you see the strikeouts tick up. You see the contact go down. So a little bit of improvement needed to be done there. But Wilfred Varis absolutely was a, was a well-deserving member of this team. I think MLB Pipeline actually had him on the team in place of Colton Kowser. We had him just outside, although I would love for him to uh, to make it in the future because these guys who can find to a corner, but big power. He's a prototypical left fielder. He absolutely is. Could play right as well with the, the strength of the arm, but probably like a prototypical left fielder because he's there to hit bombs and cover as little ground as he as he needs to to make it happen. Fantastic week this week. Reminder, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, prospects at gmail.com, or drop your questions into Locked MLB Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.